1: Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash/recommend today.
0: Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTshirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear.
2: Welcome into the Inside Carolina podcast. I'm your host Ross Martin, and this is the Scoop, UNC's premier football recruiting podcast and as always i'm joined by the man himself don donnie scoops callahan the guru of all
3: gurus what's going on don not too much um i'm a little worried though ross okay there are uh these murderous hornets that are coming to the united states
2: murder hornets
3: yeah how crazy is this you see they're like they're like kind of the mafia of the insect world yeah they kill honeybees have you seen any of the footage of where they like literally like start to like headbutt a bee and then eventually decapitate it and then yeah. send the head to its mother?
2: <laughs> they, send, they, they send like body parts to the kid for their kids to eat.
3: Yeah, it's crazy stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Another, uh, ha- go ahead.
2: Another complication to this crazy world we're living in.
3: That's right. And it's coming from, of course, it's coming from the Asia, but starting in the what West do you mean? Of,
2: what do you mean of course?
3: Well, with coronavirus coming from Asia, also, okay. okay. So, God, you're trying to put me into some sort of corner, or get me in trouble. What's let's not, uh? Let's not be what, racially insensitive. I just I said Asia is a continent. Um, what what's uh going on with you?
2: Not much, man. We were told to limit our chitter chatter to two to three minutes, so I'm <laughs> trying to get, trying to move this along. Uh we have a big show. We are going to be joined momentarily by Jefferson Boaz. The class of 2020 quarterback tied in commitment from East Surrey High School in Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. He's gonna hop on here shortly, and we're gonna have a tons of questions for him. We're gonna see a wide ranging uh, Q and A with Jefferson about this class, about Mac Brown, about Stephen Gosnell, about when, when and why he committed, about his offer, all the things like that, and we'll get really deep with Jefferson Boas. And why did you think he's gonna be a good person, uh, Don? Because this is our first prospect that I've interviewed on this podcast.
3: He's just so personable. I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I mean, just, you know, super talkative kid, very smart, you know, we could we'll definitely get a lot of good conversation out of him. I mean, there's other other recruits that kind of fall in the same category, but I think he is kind of the um the ultimate as far as um being a interview subject. Yeah, and he is ranked the number
2: 907th player in the uh 2020 class. Number 40 if tied in. Remember he played quarterback for a multiple years at East Surrey and I believe they won at least one state championship uh his senior year. He's the number twenty ninth ranked player in the state of North Carolina, committed uh last June during the showtime camp. Um how many titles did they win, Don? Do you know if they won any more? Uh they won as far as football?
3: Yeah. No they won, field hockey. <laughs> they won uh I know they won the last two. They won this past season and this in the in the year before that
2: he plays very small school high school football, 1A, I believe. Yes, correct. And, you know, a lot of the conversation is going to be about his position. He, he played quarterback in high school. He's 6'8", 230, but, you know, he's going to probably play some tight end to start off with, and I know, Don, you think he might evolve into a offensive tackle. So that'll be interesting because, I mean, offensive, going from quarterback to offensive tackle, I mean, that's just a massive change in skill sets. So that's going to be interesting, but his, his, body, his body size, body shape, athleticism could lend itself to to definitely play on the line anything else before we get in uh, on here with with boaz
3: we have uh the weekly scoop that went up earlier in the week which um basically i talked to a the quarterback trainer anthony boone who has trained both sam howe and drake may since both entered high school um so it's interesting to get his perspective on on the, on the different styles of quarterback, obviously may is going to be a guy who's going to be in the quarterback competition. Definitely not saying he's a hair apparent. People get a little bit mad and, and worried about uh, Jacoby Crestwell reading that, but uh, just to kind of compare those two, I mean, they're, they're two of the top quarterbacks that come out of North Carolina in, in a long time. Also, get the perspective of Gavin Blackwell, who's one of the few receivers who have caught many passes from both of these uh, quarterbacks in competitive settings. So that's the main part of the scoop, but there's other stuff in there. We have updates on J.J. Jones and Logan Taylor um and a potential scholarship for a specialist so yeah so, so definitely give the the weekly scoop a look yeah
2: and i actually want to get into a couple of the topics here we'll do that after the boaz interview you know stuff on colby smith who committed to tennessee jj jones there's a note here about peyton page so a couple brief uh questions and comments for you about that uh scoop and some of the, the stuff you you dropped there on Tuesday, of course, you can get that scoop on the Tar Pit Premium Message Board in South Carolina. Let's take a quick break now and talk about Johnny T-Shirt before we get to the interview with Je- Jefferson Boaz. Johnny T-Shirt is your premier place to get UNC gear right on Franklin Street and online at johnnytshirt.com, of course. Probably the best place to, to get them is at johnnytshirt.com. Great deals, great selection, great local customer service. You can call there and you can talk to someone and, and figure out shipping and, and get all your UNC apparel from hats to gifts to sweatshirts to jerseys to trinkets. They have you covered. Johnny T-Shirt, a local Chapel Hill uh, company. I think the warehouse is right there in Hillsborough. So everything's very local and we definitely want to support local companies during this time. Johnny T-Shirt and giantteacher.com. I want to thank them for supporting the Inside Carolina podcast. And now we'll bring on 2020 tight end quarterback Jefferson Boaz. We'd like to welcome in Jefferson Boaz, class of 2020 UNC signee, 6'8", 230-pound prospect out of uh, East Surrey High School in Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. What's going on, Jefferson? Not much. Good stuff. All right, man. So we have a bunch of questions for you. Uh, hopefully, we can shed some, some insight into your recruitment, to your position, to some of your teammates, and kind of the future of UNC football. And we're gonna toss it to Don now for the for the first question.
3: Yeah, I just I'm gonna start simple. Um, you know, obviously, we're in some very, um, very different times nowadays as far as uh, preparation for for your high school. I'm sorry, for your college career. Uh, you're not able to to go to your high school or your um local gym. Um so what have you been doing during this quarantine time to prepare for your UNC career?
4: Um so for the physical side of it, you know, Caroline's been sending a lot of uh workouts to do. Coach Coach Hess has been on top of that. And um my uncle um at his house has actually got like a rack and barbell and stuff like that, dumbbells in this garage. So I'm able to get my left in but, um, like, with throwing and stuff, um, me and Steven and uh, one of the walk-homes like the Stevens and even Dylan Mosley just from my high school go try and find, like, an old old soccer field to kind of run down a little bit because they shut down our high school field and just try to get a little extra work in. Yeah.
2: What kind of uh, what kind of weightlifting stuff have you been doing? What kind of stuff have they been giving to you? Like, how detailed is the plan and what kind of lifts and things like that have you been, have you been doing to train? Yeah, so there was, like,
4: five phases, and the first two phases, you know, you really didn't do much bench or squat. It was just all, like, dumbbell work and um, body weight stuff, but it was a lot of negatives. So, with that being said, you know, you would go down for four seconds, control, pause at the bottom, and then, like, explode at the top, which are – it was very different than our high school workout. You know, high school workout was, you know, how much weight could you move? How fast could you move it? But this is, you know, control, trying to build the body mass
2: have you – what kind of conditioning? Has there been kind of any running or sprints or any of that kind of stuff that they, they have you doing?
4: Yes, sir, um, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So, I mean, everything from 60-yard sprints to gassers, um, even just working on your and shuttle. All right. Uh,
2: yes, yeah, so you said you threw to, to Stephen Gosnell. What can you kind of tell us about you know, his game and, and y'all's connection and, and what do you think he's going to turn out to be as a wide receiver? Because obviously you have a, a very intimate knowledge of, of him as a player.
4: Yeah, so I've personally never thrown to a more athletic kid ever. Um he he has probably the best hands I've ever seen. But what sets him apart from, you know, just any other wide receiver is his ability to get in and out of turns. Um and also, you know, his his second step. Like his his breakaway speed is just remarkable. Um he, I remember we were playing Mitchell and, uh, in the fourth round, and I threw him a fade ball, and I was like, oh, God, I've overthrown him by, like, 30 yards. And next thing I know, he is broke away from the guy that was on his hip, and he ran, like, a 50-yard touchdown. So, I mean, his speed, it's, it's remarkable. But, you know, he graduated early, and when he came back, the, the one thing that, he had really worked on and um, really trying to separate himself was, you know, getting down into the cut and instead of like chopping it down just one step and boom into the route. Um, so it's really, it's really smoother than it was. So. Did you notice him
2: uh, coming back and being significantly stronger and bigger as well? Cause he had what, two or three months in the uh, UNC's off season conditioning program.
4: Yeah. He was he had definitely put on a little bit of weight. I think he's I think he was around two fifteen when he got back. Um and he went in at like two hundred. Gotcha. So he uh he gained a lot of weight, but he was still able to move just like he was.
3: So I wanna kinda of step in a time machine and just go back just a year really was when you started to kinda of actually pick up your offers, which is really relatively late for a lot of recruits. Um so you picked up your first offer, I think it was May first from Louisville, and then UNC actually offered you on Star Wars Day, May fourth. Um, what? Why do yeah. you think it took so long for schools to, to take? I mean, because you're, you're. I mean, at the very least, I mean, you're you're a legit six eight, and you're athletic. What? What took schools so long to recognize you?
4: Um, I think personally, I never really got into a groove. You know my freshman year I was the backup quarterback, and I was playing like defensive end, so I was never really in the role I should have been in to get recruited until coach alumni came along and you know he understood how to get people's name out there and, and you know he came from Lenore Ryan and came and understood the recruiting game so you know when he got there uh he kind of put everybody in the right positions to get recruited but yeah, I I was definitely a late bloomer, but I'm glad I was late, uh late bloomer early, rather than an early bloomer. Um, kind of helps you have a chip on your shoulder and play a little harder. What were some of those offers that uh, really intrigued you? So, Carolina was definitely one. I mean, I was always in dream school, so I was definitely going there. But Louisville was awesome. <laughs> Virginia Tech was even kind of cool. If I think, you know, I I didn't, i I'd never go, but, know, Colorado would seem kind of cool, especially with all those mountains. <laughs> and then, nice. yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much, yeah.
2: and, and But you said you were kind of always, UNC was kind of always top of the list the whole time.
4: Yeah, it, it always been. Gotcha. I went to a, uh, I went and watched Lamar Jackson play in Chapel Hill. And I was like, God, I got to play for Carolina. Or Where I went it- to that game.
3: One of the things I think you and I might have talked about it, but one of the things that I've noticed when I talk to UNC legacies like Miles Dorn and even Caleb Hood, they've always mentioned that they kind of have to almost fight off that perception that they're going to just land at North Carolina and it almost kind of works against North Carolina but ultimately they end up you know obviously in those two situations they end up deciding on North Carolina did you feel like you had to kind of fight off of those perceptions and and that made it even maybe harder for North Carolina or maybe even harder for you during your recruitment
4: yeah I definitely um especially if you're lazy you get a lot of pressure about you know this kid's not gonna not gonna not go to Carolina and you want to you want to make sure you look at everywhere and figure out what's best for you but I mean, at the end of the day, you are what you are. And if you're a heel, you're a heel. So I tried. And I, uh, I went all the places I could, but I can never get over the fact that, you know, I've always wanted to play kill So, like, why try and fight it?
2: I think you just uh, made a little graphic there for UNC. If you're a heel, you're a heel. Right, Don?
3: <laughs> it's, yep. I'm
2: going <laughs> to steal They're, they're going to throw that on a graphic. All right, cool. So you committed to the Showtime Camp in June. Um, what was the thought process in in committing then and, and why, and can you kind of go into that decision? Um, cause I know that kind of, I guess, I don't know how many commits you had then, but that kind of got things rolling, I guess.
4: Um, so on May 27th, I, uh, what day, what day was the showtime? Kim? 15th, right?
3: Yeah. Of June. Yep.
4: Yeah. So on May 27th, I sat down with dad and, uh, you know, Coach Brown called and he said, we want you to come to the Showtime camp. And um, then about 30 minutes later, Coach Satterfield called and he said, we're having a prime time Louisville deal at 15th. And both of those were where all the crew or all the commits went for the 2020 class. That was like, well, you pretty much have to choose which one to do. And, you know, he kind of gave his feedback of what he thought. and I was like, you know, I got to I got to go to Carolina. So that's kind of how all that happened. But, you know, when I got there, I think Ethan West and, you know, Kendall and a few of them kind of knew what was up. So right when I got there, you know, Ethan wanted me to sit down with him and I ate lunch with, like, him and Jacoby and Jane Chalmers. And then I was like, yeah, this is where I was supposed to be. you made the decision
2: kind of going into that camp and finalized it once you got there? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, and then yeah, so it kind of leads into a question about the 2020 class. Um, you're number 19 in the nation. You're one of many, many players in this class. What what's the interaction like with those guys? You all have a big group chat. What guys are you close with? Um, can kind of give us a little perspective on, on you and
4: that class or this class. Yeah. So um, we keep we, everybody keeps in touch pretty often. Um, we got a big I message group chat that stays uh pretty hot most of the time. Just um a big one is, you know, the conversation that comes up is who had the best high school team and get <laughs> how to get everybody going. <laughs> so uh but yeah, we uh we we still communicate. I think actually Trey Zimmerman and I think John Coben Haver I talked to Trey a couple of days ago. He still I don't think he's got all the stuff from Carolina, so I think he's gonna go try and get some and me and him, we were going to go fishing and hang out a little bit. But, uh, you know, we're all really close. You know, when I went on my official visit, I was thinking, you know, I'm just going to be hanging out with Steven. But next thing I know, I'm in a room with all of them. So we're, we kind of roll all together. There's no really three separate groups, and it. it's all big, one big party.
2: Who, uh, who are some of the bigger bigger personalities and, and uh, you know, some characters in that class that, that we should be prepared for?
4: I would say Caden Baker is definitely one. Trey Zimmerman's got a big one. And uh, let me think. And they say that uh, Jaden Chalmers is pretty funny.
2: Yeah, it, is it kind of weird? Like you don't know all these guys that well, but you like kind of know them because you're in a group chat, right?
4: Well, yeah, but yeah, but on the flip side, we we honestly. FaceTime and hang out a lot more people think. So we're actually yeah. pretty close people. We're pretty close dudes. One of the ones
3: you're actually the closest with is is Stephen, as we mentioned a bunch of times. And I think, I, well, maybe it's just me, but I feel like we forget that for, what was it, four or five months he was committed to NC State. And uh, obviously when North Carolina came in with the scholarship offer and really kind of shook up his recruitment or and his commitment to State, you were – somewhat involved with that what um what was that like for you from your perspective on I guess those couple of weeks between getting that offer and then him actually flipping to uh North Carolina
4: yeah so at first you know it was it was kind of it was kind of cool anyways you know high school teammates gonna be rivals in college but <laughs> you know I kind of knew personally that he was gonna flourish at Carolina you know, I've never really said a whole lot. Um, i said a few things a few times because, I mean, his decision, if he wants to go to state, he wants to go to state. But he, I don't. what triggered me was I don't think he ever thought about Carolina, like ever just gave a consideration because they just never offered. Um, I think they reached out just a few times. And I was like, look, before you go, before you sign that paper, I just want you to take – two weeks, go down there maybe once or twice and just think about it for two weeks. And he he promised me he'd do it. And then that, not the next day, but the next day, Carolina offered him. And then it was just kind of our joke that, you know, I'd be throwing to him when we got there. But he started thinking about it and thinking about it. And it was really hard for him because, I mean, the whole decommitment. Decommitment process is way harder than the commitment process. So it was just, it was trying to be a friend for him. I mean, that phone call he had to have with Coach Dorn was hard, but he was very excited and relieved when he was able to call Coach Brown and he was like, all right, I'm ready to do this. Because he's killing the boy too, whether he wants to know it or not.
3: Speaking of passing and, and that connection, um, what – your position has always been, I guess, a question mark. I, I probably, you probably get sick of me asking. Every time we talk, I, I probably bring it up to you and you probably hate me for it. What is, if you can just, for the people who are listening, just kind of describe what the plan is for you once you arrive on North Carolina as far as the position is concerned.
4: Yeah, so the plan is um, to come in as a quarterback and it's kind of, you know, our decision, meaning mine and, you know, Coach Longo Coach Brown. Um whether I move or go or stay, um, and that could be, you know, in the first month or it could be a five-year deal. So, but the plan is to definitely come in as a quarterback and just uh, see where that goes. What is kind
3: of your mindset as you're approaching, because it sounds like you're going to have a big, big say in in this decision on whether you stay at the position or not. What's going to be, I guess, the – the litmus test for you that you're going to say, okay, I'm going to stick with this or I'm going to try something different.
4: You know, my dream has been to play quarterback at Carolina. So I'm going to do whatever I have to do, whatever it takes to fulfill that. But, you know, if, if it's obvious to me that, you know, I'm not, uh, one, two, or, you know, even three that, um, you know, well, my second thing is, you know, I won't play. So uh, then I'd sit down and I'd say, you know, where where, where can I play the fastest? And then we'd get uh, started from there.
3: Yeah, if quarterback doesn't work out, what positions are you open to? I've heard tight end. I've heard defensive end. I have thought about offensive tackle, like a left tackle, which I know you probably just <laughs> absolutely cringe at
4: hearing. For you, what what are you open to? <laughs> You know, we we even actually had this conversation the day I committed with uh, Coach Brown and Coach Longo, and uh, they said, you know, if quarterback didn't work out, they were definitely going to put me at tight end. Okay. But, I mean, I'd play defensive end, whatever it – really whatever it took to win an ACC championship. There you go. All right. Um. So a little, little different
2: question here. You play basketball uh it kind yes, of goes sir. along with you being a, a pretty good athlete and it don's raved about your athleticism and ability to to play multiple positions what
4: kind of what kind of basketball player are you um i'm definitely an inside out guy oh um you know we, we really didn't have numbers a number system in our basketball scheme so it was pretty much run and gun and uh you know, we try to score as fast as possible, but uh, we had some really good players. That this was a really fun basketball season. Did you start and everything? I did.
2: And did you? Could you shoot some threes?
4: I can start and <laughs> shoot.
2: I'm gonna watch some highlights of that. Yeah, I'm i uh, I'm a basketball player, but I don't have much of an outside shot, so I'm a banger down low. I'm six five, so you got a lot of height on me. But um, Ooh. are there highlights <laughs> out there
3: of you? Yeah, I think there are. Okay. Everyone who's played with or has um, seen—I just want Jefferson play basketball—just speaks so highly. I mean, Benji. I was talking to Benji, uh, Benji Gosnell, Stephen's younger brother, who UNC's offered, and we'll get to him later on. But he was the one who, for like thirty minutes, just was raving about Jefferson as this this unstoppable force, just because he's he could play low, and he's you know obviously six eight, and then also just can. I think he said you were one of the best shooters on the, on the team. Is that right? Yeah.
4: I, I, if I got hot, I was good, but you know, I had a lot of people facilitating. So they made it really easy. And, And since we're on that topic
3: of, of Benji, um, he's obviously the next guy that UNC is targeting from your high school. What, uh, I, I got some pretty good vibes from him when I went and visited him and, and spent a couple hours at, at your school with him. What are you, What's your perception on UNC's chances with him? Because he's really blowing up. I think Georgia offered him last week, some other schools. W-
4: what do you think? Yeah, so personally, back to the quote I said earlier, and I tell him this every time I see that man. You know, once again, it's his decision. Where he wants to go is where he's happy. And I'll be happy for him, whether he goes you know, Penn State, Carolina. I mean – L. R. Whatever it is, but so if you're a Tar Heel, you're a Tar Heel. <laughs> okay. What <laughs> what
3: position? Uh, he's kind of similar, not in the same, but he's similar to you as far as like nobody knows what position he's going to play. I've heard linebacker, I've heard tight end, I've heard defensive end. I mean, you you know him pretty well. You've seen him in practice. What position is he going to play in college?
1: So
4: he has he has hands like Stephen. And he has to get off like Isaac Washington. Oh wow. So you really you really want I mean I I wish I could give you more on it, but it, I mean it's a, it's a mystery too. I mean the kid has a motor that is just remarkable. But then he's probably one of the most athletic six four, two hundred and how uh how, 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 how much say weigh? I think two twenty three on his profile. Yeah, I mean, he could just so swift. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's it's still a mystery to me too.
2: I see. Uh, I see Tim Brewster's recruiting him at Florida. What was your relationship like with Tim Brewster and his recruitment of you? Um,
4: Coach Brewster was definitely my number one guy to go to. I mean, if I had any questions, or he was always calling. Um, you know, he didn't have his Coach Boone had this area. But you know, Coach Brewster, Coach Dad. So I mean, there was just a close knit there, anyways. Okay, so we're kind of getting it,
2: getting to some non football questions here. I, my question to you is: When you grew up in, are you, yeah, Pilot Mountain, North Carolina? You know, Mayberry, East Surrey High School. What was it like being in high school in a town of that size, playing quarterback at a at, at the school in town? Um, can you kind of give us a glimpse into kind of just growing up in a town like that?
4: You know, I actually – it's funny you asked this question. I played a basketball game against Davy County, which is a big 4A school. They got a quarterback named Nate Hant who's really good. But, um, you know, we played a basketball game there. And their student station, no joke, had to be from one, the bottom of the bleachers all the way to the top. I bet there had to be a few hundred people in there. And I remember that game being so loud, and it made me think, you know, how cool would it be to go to a school with 4,000 kids in it? And, you know, I got thinking that night on the way back home. I was like, you know, how lucky am I to be able to play ball and grow up in a small town? I mean, we only have three stoplights in our town. So everybody knows everybody. It is close-knit community. So, on our football night, there is not a store open in Surry County. They're all going to see the football game. So, yeah, we don't have, but probably, I bet our, I mean, I bet our smallest crowd was probably about 1,500 people. So, yeah, we don't have the biggest crowd. But to know that everybody in that town kind of looks at you and the team and, it's it's definitely a special feeling. It, it definitely humbles you in ways that you couldn't imagine. But um, especially for like the younger generations too, like the little league teams, and you know they're growing up in a small community too. So it's kind of cool to watch them come up. But I would not trade a small town or small community for you know really anything else.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. It reminds me of like uh like those football movies. Like Varsity Blues yeah. or or um, the one in, in Texas there. Friday Night Lights. Uh, do you? you yeah, fireflies. Uh, you said you fished, you hunt, and what other kind of stuff do you do that I guess people would consider you know small town country hobbies?
4: Yeah, so we actually have a state park here, and uh, we have a lot of animals that kind of roll off that state park. And uh, me and you know <laughs> my dad, my dad taught me how to hunt at a really early age. And so we've been squirrel hunting, rabbit hunting, turkey hunting, um, deer hunting. We do a lot of duck hunting on the coast of Carolina. Mm. Um, and my uncle actually is a captain on a commercial fishing boat. It's about a 60-foot Viking. Uh, so when I go down to the beach, he loads me up. We go catch a bunch of mahi-mahi and tuna and marlin. have a big old time.
2: Wow. Oh, I, I would love to do that. Maybe if we, uh, when I cover you at UNC, you know we get we get close, and you can take Don and us out on a big fishing trip. And I
3: Absolutely, just want to put: but... I am a city slicker. I grew up in <laughs> in Philadelphia. I mean, from the time until I got into my, my freshman year. So, as far as like the hunting, and for those who listen to this, I'm sure have kind of picked this up from some of the things I've said. But um, as far as hunting and fishing and all that that's that's completely uh camping completely foreign to me i mean i have fished i have crabbed and all that sort of stuff but so yeah so if 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 jefferson if you want to um have a fun experience and you know you just let me know you can um (laughs) show me the ropes
4: oh i definitely will some of the best times we have is pulling a crab net i'll definitely have to take Mm. you out sometime
2: i love that I've, I've been deep sea fishing i love that kind of stuff i don't do much much of it anymore i've never been hunting uh i grew up in greensboro jefferson so we have the same uh, area code um oh i got you. but I've, I've fished a bunch uh not much in the last 10 years but yeah i've actually camped at pilot mountain state park and i've hiked at, uh pilot mountain multiple times
4: nice nice
2: Yep, there you go. All right, last question for me, um, and this is my secret question that I didn't tell Don. Yeah, what I have no was idea it like, what, it is. what was it like to have Don cover you and text <laughs> you and call you and annoy you so much? G- give me a perspective <laughs> of what's it like to be a kid um, or a high school student when you have a, a, a man like Don trying to dig up intel on you?
4: Well... It's actually been really fun. I mean, I've gotten to know Don pretty good, so it's been all positive things. But uh, definitely very intriguing, you know, coming from a small town and, uh, like, not really get out much, you know. There are not many reporters in Pine Mountain, um, besides, like, the local newspaper. So when he's asking you all these questions at a big game and everybody's there, it's, it's kind of intimidating, but I kind of got over it, so... And he's yep.
3: probably not the um, best example just because his recruitment was pretty cut and dry. You know, I mean, I, you know, Louisville, like you said, seemed like it might be able to, you know, make some noise and, and, and threaten North Carolina a little bit. But really, it just felt like North Carolina was a school immediately. Um, and really, his recruitment only went on for like, I guess, like not even two months, whereas guys like you know, uh
2: Des Evans Des or Des Evans. Clyde or,
3: yeah, where those guys I mean, Des Evans was like being hounded and yeah, you know. So yeah, I'm
4: gonna be but, honest, I do not know how some of them guys did it for that long. I did it for two months. I thought my hair was gonna fall out. Really? Was
3: it that <laughs> crazy? Was it the was it the media or was it the, the coaches just constantly
4: pounding you? It wasn't even either one of those. It was just I mean the thought would not leave my head, you know, what what's right? Like, I felt well, I knew what felt right, but I didn't know if that was right or not. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just kept questioning, second guessing, and it went on and on. I just finally said, you know what? I was doing my gut, it bites me in the butt, whatever.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, did what were, were a lot of those schools reporters contacting you? Like, were Louisville um, riders, Gen Tech riders, other schools that offered you they have guys contacting you?
4: Yeah, they normally did. It was it was normally like their uh, it'd be like our Tar Heel Illustrated page, just there. I think one of them was like a Barcel page or something, but it was yeah, it was just one of them normally. Gotcha.
2: That's our competition, Tar Heel Illustrated, Don. <laughs> it is. That's right. That's okay, right. Okay. Anything anything else from you, Don?
3: No, I I just really appreciate. um. Jefferson coming on um I don't think people caught the early part of this where uh he had just woken up so um
4: yeah we, we need to cut that out
3: yeah yeah so yeah we cut it out but I think um that to me just speaks to uh just uh the accommodations he's providing us to make sure that that he's available to do this interview so I really appreciate you doing it Jefferson
4: yeah absolutely let me know if I need to do another or what else I can do all right, sounds good.
3: Yeah, actually, I, I got I got one quick thing. <laughs> Sorry,
2: what are oh, they man. telling you about when y'all can get on campus? Have they told you about um, when you're going to
4: enroll? When you're going to start stuff? Well, they haven't gave us like the exact date on when we can you know get going. I actually had a Zoom meet where we all all the incoming freshmen did with Coach Brown, and he said you know the earliest he could see us coming back is July first. Um, okay. And, you know, they said that we need to have at least four to six weeks to get ready to play in the Georgia Dome. But he said that he had been talking to his higher-ups, and um, they think that we'll have a normal football season. The only thing that may change is, you know, the fans, whether it be 50%, 75% full, or if they bring in, like, level one at a different time, level two at a different time, and just bring them in at different times. But we, start, we actually start online summer school June 22nd. Okay, so you're starting school
2: like you probably normally would, just online. Yeah. And then potentially enroll July 1st, but that may that may end up changing. All right. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Hey, Jefferson, I'm looking forward to covering you. I cover the team, Uh, in- intrigued into your position, and really appreciate you coming on the podcast and talking with Don and us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, guys. All right, see you, Jefferson. All right, see you. And we're gonna take a quick break now. We want to thank Jefferson Boas for coming on. We'll be right back to talk a little scoop, some news, and we're gonna get into the name and likeness, likeness uh, NCAA stuff that that broke kind of last week. We'll be right back.
0: Selling a little or a lot. to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com/slash Odyssey Podcast. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
1: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential?
2: What do you think about Boaz, Jefferson Boaz? Good interview.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think he um lived up to the hype as far as uh <laughs> being personable and talkative and um being able to explain a lot of things and and even I think he provided some some insight to things that um we may not have talked about or reported on previously. You know, just little details with with um Gosnell. You know, his his flipping from North Carol from NC State to North Carolina and then some um, I guess some other things and we and we learned some stuff about his his background which is which is cool what did you, what did you think
2: Yeah, well, that was good. Um, yeah, I would love to be on that call between Stephen Gosnell and David Dorn.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, that apparently was.
2: Uh, you kind of reported on that a little bit too.
3: Yeah. Um, from what we were told by multiple people and you know people who definitely had very strong knowledge of what, uh, of that conversation. It it wasn't a very, it wasn't a good conversation. It was, a, it was kind of like a beating down, a verbal beating down, which is just sad to, um, to learn, um, that a, that a grown man is doing this to a high school kid. I know it stinks. The kid was committed to you. I get it. I completely get it. Um, but it is what it is. And, you know, I probably shouldn't say this, but you know, their recruiting class kind of reflects that sort of, you know, attacking things in that sort of way they have the
2: number the number 41 class in the nation in 2020
3: not not only that and this might be a good segue for your stuff but you got a guy like will shipley who just committed to clemson both of his parents and a good majority of his family members graduated from nc state and you are not even really you know probably in the top two definitely not the the, the top one school and then then um a guy uh, kobe smith offensive lineman out of uh, rockingham High school, who a guy that I really like as a player. Um, North Carolina kind of sort of aren't in the position to take another offensive lineman, let him know that. And so he began to look for a home. And you would think he definitely wanted to stay close to home, which would you would think NC State would have a good shot. And they did. And I think a lot of people projected him to go to NC State as recent as last week. And he ends up picking Tennessee. And there's a lot of other scenarios of guys that, you know, there was a tight end from I think from Georgia who ended up committing to usf over nc state so there's i know the ranking sounds bad but i think the rankings can be misleading at this stage i think what really to me is is a a sign of things not going going well in nc state is just these recruitments that they should be winning that they are just not
2: yeah it's uh gonna be interesting to see what happens this year with uh you know they won four games last year and doesn't look like they're gonna get much better at quarterback the defensive line should be starting to get a lot better because of that big recruit class they signed um, along with some other players right now they have the 69th ranked class in the 2021 class not looking too great right now all right enough nc state football recruiting some tidbits from your weekly scoop we teased it you mentioned the colby smith committed to tennessee you know tennessee passed unc in the recruiting rankings they have the number two class now and they have 18 commitments uh, including a a five star from Florida that signed or committed last week Colby Smith and you kind of mentioned it it sounds like UNC could have taken him at some point and and they wanted him to wait uh until they see if they had an open scholarship is that the best way to to phrase it and how would you go about kind of letting UNC fans know what happened there with Colby Smith a four star offensive tackle from Rockingham County North Carolina
3: yeah so they for the offensive line objective for this class was to take two offensive linemen and you know that might not sound like a lot but UNC is not projected to lose any offensive linemen any scholarship offensive linemen after the season obviously there'll be attrition and all that but um so so basically barring attrition there's a net gain of two so they really didn't have they really don't have a spot to add a third although they are strongly considering it and before they take that dive on taking a third they want to get a better grasp of their roster, which they weren't able to do obviously in the spring. um, And who knows when they'll be able to do for the fall. Um, So they, they kind of told him, Hey, you know, we're not in the position to take you at this point, but if you want to kind of wait it out, then great. Then maybe we'll have a spot. But if you don't, we completely understand. We want you to make the right decision for you. And, and I think he started to kind of see some schools filling up, not just North Carolina. There's other schools are filling up also. and, And he realized that he had to make a decision and, and I, I think it came down to NC State and Tennessee, and and obviously Tennessee was the victor. I
2: mean, this guy is ranked number 138 in the 24-7 sports rankings, number 19 offensive tackle. He's a little bit lower ranked in the composite, number 374. I mean, this is a good player, 6'7", 295. I love, I'm of the um, argument that you should oversign an offensive lineman and, and defensive linemen because the injuries are so much, you know, oftentimes, especially UNC, with defensive linemen, it's hard to get them and sometimes things happen with the academics and things like that. Um, so, I don't know. That's my opinion. I don't know. Maybe one less wide receiver and one more offensive lineman. You see what happened with, with under Coach Kapilovic with tons of injuries and you know, attrition and stuff.
3: Yeah, but I think in this scenario when you're not losing any offensive linemen, um, yeah, yeah. Right. That, I know that every is different. You still are kind of oversigning, you know, because you're, you're basically taking two. And I think ultimately they'll end up taking a third. I just think they want to make sure that they have the scholarship available and they're not going to get into some, some sort of bind in another position um, and then be kind of, you know, put themselves in a, in a corner with with another position because they don't have that scholarship.
2: Yeah, and hey, they got plenty of months until signing day, so who knows? You know, I don't think – I think Tennessee's class is going to look a lot different come December because everybody's trying to get these spots up, and when other schools start offering and and things shake up and the season starts, I think a lot of these SEC schools will – their recruiting class will have a lot of decommitments. So who knows? Maybe uh, Coley Smith is back on the market later on. We'll see if there's room at UNC. Uh, No intel there. Just kind of (laughs) riffing. All right, Donald. uh, (laughs) Um. Anything else from your scoop here? JJ Jones had a top five. I think still Steve Wolfong put in a crystal ball pick for him as yeah. well. Any thoughts there?
3: Yeah, I mean, before you know Steve does a great job and he has separate sources than I do, but before he put that that in, my scoop um said that North Carolina was the leader. Uh we talked to a source, uh very close to the situation. And um even though South Carolina um their writers feel very confident. Um, my sources still tell me the North Carolina is the team to beat and might have might be strengthening its lead during this uh, this dead period time uh, through his relationship with uh, Lonnie Galloway, the wide receivers coach.
2: Yeah, well, you should make a crystal ball pick if, if you're worried about Steve scooping you there.
3: I'm i I'm, I'm not. I mean, I was the one I posted it first. I want to make sure the inside Inside Carolina subscribers read it first, and they they were able to. That's all that matters to me.
2: You should then make a crystal ball pick. Maybe maybe one day.
3: All right, you want to get to the next next segment? Are we going to do? Uh, talk <laughs> yeah, about we'll,
2: the... we'll cl- yeah. This was your call. We'll close it out. We're going to do the top five uh, the next recording, which will be the top five drinks. So send those to Don through email, uh, through Twitter, or through private messaging on Inside Carolina. We're now going to talk, um, yeah, briefly about, I mean, this name and likeness thing. Don, you said you're going to do some research on it. I, you know, have a, a general familiarity with it, but not the in-depth knowledge that an academic-minded man like yourself would know.
3: Well, I didn't do Four like, I did research it enough to be able to talk competently about it, but as far as like doing like in-depth stuff, no, I didn't. I was, I mean, we, we understand the general idea, um, just to kind of get out there. The NCAA is, is moving towards this, um, where, where student athletes will be able to profit off of their image, likeness, um, and name. Um, and there was a, I guess, major step in that direction a week ago, uh, with basically kind of accepting certain things, um, you know third party payments, uh, the ability to to profit off of social media and and to profit off of um, autograph signing sessions. I, want, I didn't want to get into details about all of that sort of stuff. Um, there is a couple of more, I guess steps to take, but it, but it sounds like from what I've read, that those last few steps are more, formalities and anything else, and that this is going to be in place in time for next season. I wanted to get into just the, the thoughts on how this is going to affect recruiting. What were your initial thoughts on just how this is going to impact things?
2: Yeah, I think it's a super slippery slope because we just don't know what's going to happen. I think you could see, I mean, are the rich going to get richer? Are our schools going to see more money available with schools with bigger fan bases where they can do promotional things. They can do local deals um, where they can sell more jerseys, do more autograph signings to more fans. Or I I heard an argument where maybe the, the 20th signee or the, the bottom five in a class at Alabama who may not play much at Alabama may not be big stars. They could go to a smaller school in a decently sized college town that has a decent fan base, like a, a USF or a, a, a Appalachian State or a, a Georgia Southern, and be studs, even though they're a four star, top three star guy who could go to an SC school. Maybe they see an opportunity where I could be the big man on campus and make some legit money at a smaller school. So I think that's a, a very interesting perspective there. Well, where there's, you just don't know how people are gonna get paid and, and wh- how they're gonna make money. But there's just so many different angles. I think that's one interesting angle that I heard.
3: Yeah, and I think a lot of this, though, it will be this initial flood, whereas a bunch of boosters get involved and and want to do this for for their car dealership, and then you know, I guess those who pay the influencers on social media will get involved. But I think after a while, they'll start to realize, okay, we, you know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for us to get involved with with 25 guys in each class, maybe we'll be a little bit more selective with it. Yeah. Um, And then I get that these kids, a lot of these kids have like, like super strong followings. And I think at first it would be appealing to a lot of people. Um, But after a while they'll start to realize, okay, um, you know, maybe just the the guys that have like Tate Martell, who had, who had an incredible amount of followers, guys like that would, would be the only ones that people would invest in. And then as far as like the actual boosters, I think after a while you start to realize that, okay, I last class I offered these deals to like 15 guys and five of them panned out. You know what I mean? And you start to kind of realize, does it, is it really worth my time to – because, you know, when we go back and look at some of these classes, we did this uh, probably was a year ago um, or it was just like six months ago, just how many guys just don't pan out. And it might be just kind of a waste of your time and money to get super involved, so you maybe only get involved in, you know, the Des Evans situations, you know, guys like that. Um, But a guy like who might be a four-star, you know, and it has like a a small likelihood or actually has a likelihood of, of, of just being uh, a flop. um, You might not, you might eventually just be like, all right, I'm going to pass on this guy sort of thing. As far as like, you know, offering them some sort of, some sort of um, uh, money. Yeah, yeah. I'm not clear on is the can the money the money can't be exchanged until they actually enroll, right? I think that there's. I don't. I don't. I haven't seen anything about that. The only thing I've seen is that is just that. Your money can be exchanged, and that they're probably going to have some sort of you know agents involved and that sort of thing.
2: Yeah. God, it's be so messy. Like, I, I don't know if it's good that, I mean, obviously it happens already, but like in recruitments, boosters being like, Hey, you come here, I'm going to already give you, I'm already going to give you 10 K to come here. And then when you get here, we're going to do a hundred K deal, you know, when you're a freshman, you know, I don't know if that, that kind of stuff will happen or, or how it'll work in recruitment. That's, I mean, when you get to high school players getting money. That's pretty sloppy. Um, and then my other thought was, all right. So the SC school, SEC schools and some big ACC schools. I gonna is gonna offend some hardcore UNC football fans. There's just way more interest for you in, for football at Clemson, even at Virginia Tech, in terms of the amount of people who are investing in the program that know all the players. Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, uh, Florida. You know LSU. There's gonna be a lot more availability to make money at those schools. I mean, I have tons of. F- Friends who are UNC fans, they probably know five UNC players on the football team. Mm-hmm. They went to UNC, they are casual UNC fans. They know probably Sam Howell and Michael Carter, and I mean, maybe a wide receiver or something like that. You know, Daz Newsom or Diane Brown, but they don't know, you know, linemen or defense linemen or, or any sort of reserve. So that's where I think a school, lesser, you know, smaller, less known, uh, smaller conference football schools will will be impacted, I think. Um, but basketball, I mean, look, I think UNC basketball players, tons of them could, could really capitalize off this because they have a way more widespread fan base. I mean, it's ridiculous how many more people are UNC basketball fans compared to UNC football fans and how more of a national fan base it is. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's way more widespread. So guys like Joel Berry, Marcus Page, players like that who are you know very well-known in the living rooms of of families be able to capitalize from that.
3: Yeah. And I think there needs to be some safeguards in this, because I think one of the things I read in there was that the NCAA wants to protect the recruiting environment and prohibit inducements to select, remain at, or transfer to a specific institution. Uh, that's going to be really hard. That's a direct quote from, um, from one, from what was put out uh, last week. Um, that's going to be really hard to enforce and to judge on. But I think the best way to to try to prevent some of this stuff from getting out of control is one: they need to have some sort of, I guess, a office or a a, a group, a committee, or whatever that kind of tracks these these agents that are going to be involved with all of this stuff. And then the other thing is: is I, I think there needs to be transparency with with all of this and uh, I know that they that there's some mention in in these articles about how um, the contracts uh, have to be reported to the NCAA and and the school um, but I think what you're gonna I'm all for a lot of transparency and I feel like that that kind of solves a lot of problems I think that those contracts probably need to be available to the public so that you can kind of see um, what exactly is going on behind the scenes with, with this sort of stuff. Um, now what's going to make this really crazy, especially if they want to, to prevent um, this from affecting the recruiting environment and um, you know getting guys to transfer. Cause you can get a situation where you have a guy at a small school has a really big freshman or sophomore year, and then a booster at wherever offers them a bunch of money to, to come to transfer to yeah. their school. Yeah. So if the the uh, transfer rule that that's been out there about, I guess removing the the one year sit, that could really kind of combine with this and, and create a huge problem. And just say, you know, we're complaining now about all the trans about all the transfers and everything. It would be a complete mess if um, there's a there's no sit, and you um, could could receive payments for for different advertisements and everything.
2: Yeah. It's just so much unknown. Uh, I think it's a slippery slope. I think it could, could get to the, become the wild west. I do think regulation is important, you know, tracking all the payments, maybe registering the donors in some sort of program where you know mm-hmm. who all the donors are and if to go through some, some sort of training just to kind of have a ledger of, of everyone involved and, and limit, I think there has to be limits on stuff like make money, but let's not get crazy here where, Someone in Alabama can make 100K, but someone at Mississippi State, you know, can't make as much. And so it's a huge drastically – it it makes a drastic impact on recruiting and on the um, level of play that each school can bring, you know. Um, Okay, cool. I think that was a pretty good conversation based on how informed we are on it. Um, All right, to close this out, we got some new podcast action items. We want to thank the listeners for listening. want to ask you to – Review the show to rate the show wherever you listen. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, however you get your podcasts. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. It will uh, automatically populate your subscription feed. The ratings help us. Reviews help us, especially if they're positive. And uh, that's what we want to do. We want to thank you for listening and ask you to do that. Take two minutes to write a review. Tell us how great Don is and uh, how great our podcast is and then uh, give us a rating. All right. Anything else, Don?
3: No. Uh, just, I guess, look forward to next week. We will have a... We hope to have another recruit on or signee on next week. Can't make any promises because these things can easily fall through. But So um, next week, hope to another have another signee on. All right. Good stuff, guys. Thanks for listening to The Scoop.
2: Classic!
3: Yeah. We are back! We are back! We are getting Doug back! And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. We're the three best friends that
1: anyone could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. And we'll never, ever, 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 ever leave each other.
0: Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by T-shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.